You're listening to Product of the People, an Edmonton-based podcast, hosted by Kelly G. So welcome to Product of the People, Susan. I am Kelly G, and I am the producer and host of this little podcast. And I am really here to highlight some stories of some really cool organizations, companies in Edmonton that I think really helping put Edmonton on the map. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Okay. My name is Susan Hagen, and I am on the board of Story Slam. And I guess I go back to the origins of Story Slam in Edmonton uh, way back in 2006. And um, friends and family, I came back from Vancouver after living there for a few years with this crazy idea to replicate the event in Edmonton and my sister Allison and my my really good friends at the time supported me and and we kicked off this little event so my next question then is just what is the event what is Edmonton Story Slam like before we get into the big details of it what is the basic Story Slam evening um it is 10 writers. Um, it is with five minute stories each. Uh, the names are drawn from a hat for order. And you go on there, you tell your story. Uh, the judges, um, volunteer audience judges uh, score the stories. So it's actually a competition. Um, but in a weird way, that competition, it, it eliminates the, the competitiveness that can happen with uh, writers in, in the larger arena at times, which it, it doesn't seem to make sense, but it does. Um, there's a pass the hat, there's a prize for the top scoring story. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's a high energy, high octane evening where writers get to share their stories in front of an audience. It, it truly, so listener, so that you understand, I attended October 18th Story Slam, and it was in the basement bar at 9910 below the common. And it was truly such an intimate, unique space to be part of. Also, it was packed. I know you were partnered with LitFest that night, so I'm not sure if that's an unusual crowd size, but I had to stand against the back of the bar. There were no seats and the energy was just really amazing inside. There's the crowd judges. So maybe you can speak to how the judges are picked a bit there, but exactly. It was names drawn from a hat and a person goes on stage. It was just really wonderful um, getting to connect and connect and see everyone else's reactions in the room around around me. I mean, it's 18 plus, but it was still a group of all ages. And I thought it was just really wonderful. Um, so yeah, maybe you can speak a bit more towards that inviting, um, really safe space environment that somehow in a huge crowd felt so intimate. 
I mean, getting on stage and talking to people is one of the most terrifying experiences that you'll ever have. And I don't know, it, it, it is terrifying. You're waiting for your name to be drawn. You're, you're sitting there on the edge of your seat. And when they call your name, you're like, and you're just, your heart's in your throat when you get up there, but you get on stage. Nonetheless, you, you tell your prepared story. Um, and after you've done this, you just feel like a bigger person. You're walking on clouds because you were able to do this. And it, it it's adrenaline. I mean, you can do this or you can go rock climbing or parachuting or whitewater rafting. I think they all kind of belong in the same, in the same club. And, and I don't know, we, it, it's, it's like, I come, it, it's like a sports match for writers, I guess is what I would say. It, it, it's, it's athletic almost. <laughs> and the, the people that go up to speak, have they just, already dabbled recreationally in writing like they're not professional writers by any means this is their first kind of take at it we get everything yeah we get everything we get professional writers but we also get people who are accountants or you know it's it runs I don't even know like some people are are dishwashers in restaurants but they they live for their creative side and I think that's the thing that that bonds everybody uh, there is that they have this either it's a secret creative side or maybe they write professionally but not not like this not free like this and I guess circling back as to you getting story slam started what was the inspiration behind it or what was the what made you want to do it how founding it um back in 2006 2008 has it changed since then? Is it the same? It it's based. It hasn't changed very much, um, and that is the simplicity is one of the beautiful things about it. Um, the rules have have not changed very much. We've done a little tweaking, but basically it's the same format: ten writers, five minutes, audience judges, and you know what what inspired it. I lived in Vancouver for a few years, and it was just a really vibrant city at a really vibrant time. There was lots of opportunity for open mics. And I used to go to this little event called Bolts of Fiction. And um, it Bolts of Fiction was just held in a little cafe. Writers could get on there, share their stories. And it, that evolved into Vancouver Story Slam. So by the time I left, they had established this and they encouraged me uh, when I returned to Edmonton to get it going in Edmonton. They're like, why not? And I went, why not? You know, so it, you know, painted a few posters, literally painted the posters, sent out fax machine, <laughs> faxes at the time to the media and people came, people were excited. Um, my sister and my good friends helped me to launch it, um, and we formalized it. So we started in 2006 and when we really realized it was something that we wanted to keep doing every month, <laughs> and we've basically been going every month since we started, um, I don't know, we, we, uh, I, 
created a nonprofit society to protect it so that it could stay around. It really, um, I felt the formal formalizing um, the society as a real entity would allow it to keep going beyond myself, beyond the current board. And it has. That's really cool. And your sister is the MC on the evening always or? No, you know, the MCs rotate, but she does an awesome job. And she is faithfully almost always there. Um, and she really keeps the show going now. Um, you know, all the credit to Allison in the world, because she just she really when I um, wasn't able to be there every single month, um, she said, no, you know what, I can do this. And I went, oh, you know, sisters, right? That's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She was really funny in like a very <laughs> like deadpan humor way. Like it was, I was like, is she being sarcastic? Is she not? I, I, I was chuckling between stories and she would even tell like on the spot, just some random, like how she, um, connected with that person's story or if it reminded her of something else I was just like on the spot these are pretty funny lines like <laughs> it, does she I was like are you a comedian stand-up comedian at all maybe never <laughs> no no um no we're Irish I think that's what the key <laughs> have Irish <laughs> obviously attended the Vancouver Story Slam. Now you've started Edmonton, you've solidified it, which is wonderful. Um, I was going to ask, in your expertise, what makes a good story? Is there a typical format that you see that you've now been a part of listening? Or it just depends, like people surprise you. I think it's beginning, middle, end. I think those are, I know that's really basic, but if I think you need to set your scene, I think you have to have a catalyst moment where something shifts. And I think that is what you can hook a really good story on. These little five minute stories seem very simple, but I know they can take hours to write. They might come out in 15 minutes and then you finesse the heck out of them. But they also, it might be something you really play with for, for days, if not weeks, and just to get your timing right, to get every every word matters in, in that short of amount of time. So yeah, it's, and it, a lot of it is presentation. It, 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 it is the heart, the heart of the story has to be there. It doesn't matter how good of an actor you are. If your words are bland and boring, you know, no amount of, stage talent is going to pull it off so I don't know I and I can't tell you the magical ingredient because every story up there is so different and and they you know some of them make you belly laugh like you were saying and some of them make you tear up and it that might happen in the same story and when that happens in the same story to me you've got a winner there you know what that actually goes quite well with I think the winner of last week's story I think there was multiple switches in emotion um mm -hmm. and I think that's what put their scores on top and speaking of scores story slam evening there are judges for the people up on stage who are sharing a five-minute story 
I was intrigued to see that the judges were placed around the room on the night of the story slam. And I'm wondering if you can talk about the selection for the judges and as well the process to keep scored. Sure. Well, the judges are not rigorously trained. They are random. They are audience members who just happen to show up that night. Um, we try to make sure that, you know, they're not with a, a performer, so just so that they're not leaning towards one person. But that said, uh, to make it fair, we also, there are five judges and we take off the highest score and the lowest score. And we add up the three in the middle. So it's it's the same for everyone. It seems like a fair system. And it, it just it seems to work out in the end. I thought it was funny how the scores were very like specific to decimal points, like 7.2. And the last person had a 7.8. I just think it makes it more fun as to instead of the whole numbers, you got some slight differences. Because I think that's important because when judging an earlier uh, performer, you might give them an eight or a nine and you've got to have room to wiggle, right? You have to go, okay, but I like this one a little bit more. <laughs> so you need that point three to, to distinguish between the one that you really felt was an eight and one you felt was an 8.3. Exactly. And I think it also probably prevents a tie break or... Has there ever had to been one or do you have two winners on one night? Well, I think there has been a tie. I can't remember exactly how many there have been, but I know it's happened. They share the prize. They share the glory and they share the, the money. Yeah. And um, the, the prize money, let's talk about that. So a hat gets passed around for the, from the attendees and it's just a, what you feel to add to the pot or... Yeah, I mean, we recommend $5, but if you don't have $5, you know, you don't have to give anything. There's no pressure. The hat's passed. If you have a hundred bucks burning a hole in your pocket and we've had people be really that generous before, it it is a way to give back to the writers and it's an incentive um, and a, it's a reward for the best story of the night. Yeah, and we had a there and the October 18th partner with Lit Fest. I think they added to the pot prize a bit too, but it was a it was a big number for that. What was it? I forget the top of my head. I think that I don't have an exact figure right in my head, but I know that Lit Fest donated $200 and more than 400 was collected from the audience. So that's really generous. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was $600 or something, which can you imagine five minutes of your life? You could have $600. You could, one in 10 chance, really. <laughs> I think while you're sitting in the crowd too, or maybe just myself, like you said, it takes confidence for people to go up there. But I think you're like, wow, maybe I should try writing a five minute story. Like I think the whole event it also encourages people to maybe be a little introspective, see if they can, you know, do something similar. Um, so after people come, first time watchers, how often do they stick around and stay and maybe try? Like you suggested, maybe I try, but I haven't, <laughs> I, I've never written a short story before. Um, so 
Well, I, I don't know. I think it's different for different people. I, I know some people will say, yeah, I've been in the audience a few times and I watched and, and I just felt ready to sign up this time. Um, I think that's fairly common. I think there are some brave people who just hear about it, walk through the door with their story already and get up there and do it. It, it, it all depends. But I, you know, we always are tend to, to um, ask the audience, are, is this your first time here? Have you been to Story Slam before? And it's, it's almost always half and half. There's always new people. And that to me says a lot about the events. People are still hearing about it. And I, I think it is, it isn't famous. It isn't that well known, but it does have a following and people are, new people are always finding out about it. I think unique to specifically Edmonton compared to other Edmonton events in that it has this underground element, literally underground, but has this underground element that makes it kind of feel, you know, very urban, cosmopolitan, um, going little indie at the same time. Like, I feel like I, I'm like, oh, I've been to a poetry slam in Edmonton before, believe it or believe it or not. And I, again, I was greeted with people, you know, it's like, I've never, probably never crossed paths with you before. Um, so I think it's very special compared to other I feel like events can become very mainstream here. And I think it was really special for me to get to partake in such a niche group uh, or be in the room with such a niche group. But I understand it, it's important to also grow its popularity, but it's very cool that it's a half and half crowd because there would be a lot of other events, I think, in the city hard pressed for a completely half new to their event. It's usually... Um, uh, quite like I said similar faces popping up similar like even if a farmer's market if you're a farmer's market in Westmount you're going to be popping up at Strathcona too it's typical um, so for me it was really I think the the, the nicheness nicheness of it was probably what stood out to me the most so this specific one was partnered with LitFest. Can you speak any to LitFest or any more about that partnership? Well, LitFest is a partnership we started, oh, probably back in 2011 or 12. It, it was an earlier one, so or sort of, you know, a few years after, after going, five or six years after starting. And it's always been a very popular one. I think we've done it every year, aside from the pandemic, which is just a great big black hole in everybody's world. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, it, it it does align so well the partnership because they're doing nonfiction. A lot of the stuff on our stage is if you know nonfiction, and particularly for that night when we partner with them and they're just such a good group of people and I it works and we we have done other partnerships in the past but I think that is the one that is the longest running and and most popular and then annually um we do our slam off which is the monthly winners competing against each other the like that's the that's the most packed night that we get is people coming just to see the champions 
face off for the title. And and I don't I, that event. I mean, we've had lineups and we can't always get everyone into the venues. So that's just I think that that speaks to the success of it, of the writers themselves. And too. the slam off. Is that at a different venue or still at ninety nine ten? Yeah, it's it's consistently. Um, I can't even remember when we started at ninety nine ten, but it's been there quite quite a long time. And uh, yeah, we've kept it there. I can see how it would be jam packed then in the slam off for sure. Yeah, it was yeah. already quite jam packed in my in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I um yeah no and think how wonderful like and when I when I mean jam packed, you had like my age so I'm I'm 25 but younger demographic but there was a woman with literally a walker she made it down the stairs to 9910 with her walker she mm -hmm. was there ready to listen mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I just thought I thought it was so great and I'm I'm excited hopefully I can make it into the to listen to the slam off now the this the winners, do they reuse the same story at the slam or are they encouraged to write a new one? Oh, in fact, it's forbidden to ever tell the same story on the stage twice. So it always has to be a new story, even for the regular events. You can't repeat. Interesting. And um, is there a theme for the slam off again or not theme, I guess, genre nonfiction? No, it's wide open. And for um, it, it always is wide open. And we want writers to be creative and bring us their stories. And I don't know, there might occasionally be a theme, but I think it's, it's quite rare, you know, unless it, there's a real reason for it. Like the Lit Fest nonfiction night. Yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Since starting in 2006, I know the crowd is 50-50. Is it becoming more busy at each event recently, even post-pandemic? Are people more willing to, are they, have they been showing up? Yeah, I mean, I think that it has consistently had its busy times. I mean, it, it's been a popular event from the start. And we would have months where, you know, right from, you know, the first year where we had to, you know, turn away part of the audience and, and cut off writers. And um, it, it just, it's kind of stayed consistently um, popular with, with crowds and writers. So that's nice. That's nice to see. And I think that since the pandemic, I mean, I haven't been back a whole ton since the pandemic, um, but it, it, it is, it is, I think, really embraced because people miss live events so much. That That's what I was getting at exactly is, <laughs> has there been an even stronger pull amongst the writers to show up and support and just be a part of it? But I think that can be felt in a lot of different areas, even side of the writing world in Edmonton, which is wonderful. I love seeing people flood the streets for unique opportunities. I think it's better. We're better when we're connected. We're better as a group. Yeah. So do these stories ever go on to other events 
or or publications those that are reading is it listed as an amateur only event no it, it's not that we don't stop anyone from coming we've had you can be a professional writer you can't share professionally or you can't share published work um that is that stops people from publishing novels and then coming and reading excerpts we don't want that we want fresh material you know there are venues for professional writers to read their their published works so there's that but there's no criteria you don't have to be a writer you don't have to be but you can be it is anybody you can be a plumber and come and share your stories about plumbing. It's up to you. And it doesn't even, if it's not a good story, it's it's okay. It's five minutes, right? If it's still rough, if it's, we get such a mix of people, there are always going to be some really strong stories and the audience, oh, I, I think always has a good time. I think it's really unique that it's almost, it's not polished. The people going up, you can tell who's maybe read it before because they're not even looking at their story in front of them or they're looking at the story in front of them so that they're hitting their their marks with their jokes. And like, yeah, they are timed. You can tell it's nerve wracking for people there. You can see the shakiness, but you can also see the euphoria slowly building as they almost are done their story. And I and then it's just celebrating with each other you feel good when you get off there yeah it's like they're they're up there we're all confident ready to listen to them and you're like oh they're not as confident and then they're like oh yeah they're confident again like it's really <laughs> unique getting to watch yeah the best was I think and I think you had some repeat readers they had come back and one said oh I'm this is funnier story than the last time I, I spoke or something like that. Yeah. So, and they, that person specifically had a lot of confidence that you could, they had done the story slam before. It's true. I think it was, I called it, I texted my friends afterwards and I said, what a hidden gem in, in Edmonton. <laughs> so I'm going to keep telling as many people as possible to definitely what a, it was a great awesome. evening. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, I it I I don't think I've ever been to a bad one. It's just there's always it's there's always something there there's always people who appreciate it, you know? They they go away with something, maybe a little lighter, maybe a little bit more human. It, it you know, you're you're trying to put on your face every day when you go and do your job and you have all of these obligations and you have to do this and you have to do that. This is something for you whether you're a writer or you're an audience member, it's authentic. And I, I think that's what sells it. Cause you know, we, people come, you, you, you just see you're there the third Wednesday of every month, people hear about it and it just happens. And, you know, there's not a, we don't have to rehearse the show. It just is, it takes on a form of its own. It just is perfectly imperfect. And <laughs> I think the way you said it, it feels very human. Like I went into it and I came out being like, yeah, of course you don't need to be this perfect pose professional and whatever you do for work or that's exactly what it, it did. It just brought the humanity 
back into the room. And I think it almost gives it like a classroom feel too. Like kids are very authentic and saying what they want right off the cuff. And I, I think even with the audience, and it was just really, I really enjoyed it. Story Slam, it is special. I, I don't know what it is about it. It just, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I'm proud of. I'm proud that it's there. I'm, I'm so thrilled that people embrace it and, you know, people feel such an ownership of it. The, the writers, it's their show. We facilitate it. I'm actually, I, like, I think for me, still even thinking about it, just shocked at the the number of people actually putting their name in the hat to be drawn to speak. I think, and I, I'm sure if you have a story also burning a hole in your pocket, you want to share it, especially if you're proud of it. But it's so ballsy of everybody there, you know? I think that was, like, I, I don't know how else to say it. You, you know, there's usually a lot of people, no, don't put me on the stage. No. I think that's kind of a, shock factor for me too I know some of the readers had done it before so you know they're probably easier with being in front of the crowd but yeah I think it's a true testament of dedication to someone's craft and I also I often think writers kind of hide behind the writing it was really interesting to just see them you know be there in the element yeah it was a really it was a really fantastic night I'm looking forward to attending and bringing a friend next time for sure Good, good. The more you come, the more you watch, the more you're probably going to want to do it yourself. And I don't know what that phenomenon is. You want to feel the nerves, the butterflies, the... And I think I told you this story before about a young woman who came up to me to register and she had watched Story Slam before and she came prepared with a story and she's like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to sign up this time, maybe next time. And I said, if you don't sign up tonight, you're going to go home and feel regret. I said, why don't you just put your name in the hat, share your story and see what happens. And she did a beautiful job. It was a very moving story about being a, a young mom, a new mom. And it was funny and it was sad and ha it had all of those elements. And she came up to me after and she thanked me for encouraging her to get up there. Because she said it changed her. It it made her feel different. And she would have regretted it had she not had the guts to get up there. Yeah, I think it's also knowing that you have the the opportunity. Like she went to watch, you know, clearly she has a bit of a creative side or a spark in her somewhat to give, to even try writing her own story afterwards or to be inspired to. And then knowing that the stage is there and you have a chance, I think it just really pulls a person back. I thought it was really interesting. I think she was she was sitting right in front of me, this speaker that we're talking about, uh, or reader, speaker, reader, was sitting <laughs> in front of me, and I think she was there with her mom. I could tell by the resemblance or something. So I thought that was special, too, that she's reading this story about being a mom while her mom was in the audience. And that's another thing is the people going up to read, I think they bring their friends and family to support them. I noticed some louder cheers and that's exactly why those judges are they need to not be there with a reader <laughs> if at all possible I mean like we're volunteer run I'm not going to promise that we're polished and organized I think that story slam is what it is and it, it is a bit of the unexpected it, it isn't 
highly funded. It isn't filled with professional judges and actors. And it, it just, it's the name of your podcast. It's a product of the people. (laughs) It's a product of the people. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad that has weaseled its way into the combo. (laughs) There's your next promo for your podcast. Thank Uh you. Yeah, no, and that's why I was drawn to it. And I am going to preach to everybody I know to definitely go. It was just such a great evening. I really enjoyed myself. Like I just left with a smile on my face. Yeah. So you have volunteer judges or selected judges in the crowd. Um, based on who shows up for the event. Are there any other volunteers that are working for Story Slam to put on such a great uh, evening? It's entirely volunteer. Nobody is paid to do this. It's all a passion project. We have had a number of volunteer board members through through the years. And there's a core group of people right now. My sister, Allison Hagen, really runs the show these days. And there's Bree Drury and there's Shariq. They, they, they contribute regularly to making this happen. That's awesome. And awesome to have such a committed team. I think it's wonderful. And to do it with your family. That's really great that you and your sister are so close like that. Oh, I assume. Well, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth sister fight no (laughs) we we are we are a a, she's a wonderful sister and one of two sisters that I have and a brother and it is so special to be able to do something like this with her and when I started this back in 2006 she was right there to help me get this to to make it happen and has been coming out regularly since it started and been on the board for years and years. It's something that we share and and that makes it special. Totally. And what a I want to say legacy or I don't know. I think it's very cool that you brought it to Edmonton from Vancouver. And I think it's very cool that it's still consistently showing up monthly. I just think it's wonderful. I'm actually going back to the the shared pot of money or just the pot of money for the winner in the slam off. Is there like the final season? Is there a bigger incentive or at all? Yeah. I mean, we, we've done different things over the years. Um, and I wasn't at the last one last year, so I can't speak specifically to it, but often story slam will have money to put in to top it up in other years. We've had some prizes, but I think we're more sticking towards the cash incentive and and it's varied from year to year but generally the audience is is even more generous uh, for slam off because it's a bigger deal these writers are working really hard to come back and give us an even more impressive story than that the one they won with in the monthly event all right there's some incentive to uh write your own story win a story slam evening and then win some more money at the slam off it's all about the money money, not a (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're writers. <laughs> it's all about the money. Yeah. <laughs> Getting rich. <laughs> I was wondering if you so the next event, I believe, is November 15th at yes. 9910 again. And um, 
maybe just talk about the just the formatting of the night starts at seven. Yeah, so the doors open at seven and the show starts at seven thirty. And what we have uh, between seven and seven thirty, the writers will sign up. And um, if there are more than 10 writers, the names go into the hat. So unfortunately, there might be a few people who aren't drawn. But it, it does add to the anticipation. And we just encourage people to come back and try again. Um, and it, it does make it more meaningful if your name is drawn. And I think that's a nice, nice feeling. And also, no one is allowed to sign up once the show has started. And that's really important because we we draw the names for placement as well. And it is really rough to go first. <laughs> really, really rough. So um, if you come in late and say, oh, I'm just going to sign up, you've got an advantage right there. Right? Yes. I, I can yeah. I can understand how that I didn't actually know like at the event I thought the crowd was fairly warm off the bat for our first the first person reading but it was noticeable a shift for the next person it was like that ice had been broken already so yeah. you're right it is unfortunate if you go first and then it is more meaningful if your name gets drawn because what is the odds that you get to your name gets drawn again at the next one? It really makes you jump on the moment, I think. Yeah, it, it, it does. It's a very unique format. It's unique, but I, I have to say like Story Slam Edmonton, we had the third Story Slam in the world back in 2006. And it is in other cities. It started in New York. It's called The Moth. And apparently Vancouver had never even heard of The Moth when they started theirs. And then we, once we got rolling, we realized there was this whole network of people. I think they had one in Chicago. There's one in Dublin. And, you know, people even, because Facebook was just starting to go off or it, I, I can't remember what year, but we connected with each other. And so it'd be funny. It's the, it, we'd be like, Oh, there's a story slam in Dublin. Cool. And I chat with those people and, and the people down in Austin and yeah, there were some, I don't know how many are going through the world and how many kept going, but we dreamt one, you know, back then we were like, Oh, we should do a world tour. <laughs> but uh, that, that unfortunately hasn't happened. <laughs> When when can we expect the slam off? What month is that typically? I believe it's March. I, it has been March consistently. So yeah, March. <laughs> All right, third um, Wednesday in March. Yes, I don't have the date right off the top of my head, but yeah, third Wednesday. <laughs> awesome. I will make sure to add some of the links in the description of this episode, just so that the listener you guys can click and go check out Edmonton Story Slam website, their social media, and make sure to get your butts down there to listen to this awesome show or event, I should say. It is a show. It's an event. It, it takes a body of its own. How did you hear about it? Yeah, I saw... so. So this podcast is about people in the community. I love going to local events. So I often go through Facebook events or I know the Downtown Business Association does like a week or a monthly review of what's going on in Edmonton. 
but I go through Facebook events and that I combed through and I saw story slam and I was like, Oh, that's per like to me, I was like, that's cool. It's not like a typical bar trivia night. You know, it's still at a popular location downtown. I was like, I would love to talk to them. And I also need to go and see this show before I talk to them. And yeah, blown away. So that's how I came across it. Well, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, um, it's amazing that it's still going. It is that to think that it started in 2006. I mean, that's ancient history <laughs> already. And it's, it, and it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. It, it sure doesn't, but it's, it's just remained true to, to what it was meant to be. And that was, a place to come and and be safe to share your work. Yeah, people can find on your website, you post the dates, times of each story slam. So they can go visit your website as well as I came across the event on Facebook events. Are there any other places people could keep their eyes out? Or are those the two main ones? Those, to my knowledge, are the main. Okay, well, thank you so much for speaking with me today about Edmonton Story Slam. I'm really excited to share it with more of the Edmonton region. So I really appreciate this conversation. And um, thank you. Well, thank you, Kelly. And I get working on your story and we'll see you presenting it next month. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, thanks. Thank bye. You. Bye. All right, we made it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Product of the People. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Check the links in this episode's description to see what we talked about today. And feel free to follow at POTPPod, that's at POTPPod on Instagram for more content. Until next time, ciao.